If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punchlist MMA Podcast. Your boy Dale Living in here. Flying times Trey Van Buskirk. What's up, dude? I'm sunburnt. I've had too many pina coladas, and I'm ready to cap off Fight Island. You've had too many pina coladas? Oh, yeah. Any drink with a back scratcher is good for your boy. Oh, man. Pina coladas are rough for me because every time I taste coconut, I think of suntan lotion. Why is that a bad thing? That means you're on vacation. It's true, but I feel like I'm drinking suntan lotion. Oh, okay. Okay. Plus one time I went golfing and I got hammered on the coconut four locos and um, really made a fool out of myself. I ended up blowing the tire off of the golf cart I was in. Um, The guys I was with, they kept unstrapping my clubs from the back of the cart. So every time I drove away, the clubs fell off. And then I got home and I got my ass chewed by the wife because I was hammered. It was not good. Not good, man. (laughs) That sounds like a great time and definitely going to get you some four locos in the future if we can find them. Oh yeah, I know. This was way back in the day. This was four, I was four coconut four locos deep over eighteen holes. I was a mess. I think I shot well over hundred. I, I know I shot well over hundred. That's that's not that's not a big deal. <laughs> that's golf, okay. dude. All right, you did well, it right. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. If you're gonna do things right, though, uh, one thing that you should always do right is put the food that you put in your body. Cannot recommend them enough, guys. Go to steakglassymeats.com. Use promo code FIST. Save 10% on your entire order. Get some of the best stuff on earth delivered to your house. Do it right. If you're going to barbecue, do it right. Anything worth doing, like Trey said, is worth doing right. And feeding you and your family, your loved ones, uh, you can't do any better than Steak Classy Meats. Again, go to steakglassymeats.com. Use promo code FIST. Save 10% on your entire order. Ah, dude. Dude, let let me tell you this. Not only are we capping off Fight Island... Yeah, but the boys and girls are coming back home. They're coming back to the states. True. I think I think there's only one thing we can do for them coming back to the homeland. Show your tits, Don. Well, oh, show your tits. I thought that's what you were talking about. Show your show your tits. Just tits. I thought that we were just talking about just in general nipples that's, out. That's super American. Almost as American as Allegiance clothing, guys. Mm. You. When these fighters come back, you can either A, show your tits, or B, drape yourself in the most gorgeous outfit that is American-made, handcrafted. Guys, go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, and you're going to get 15% off the dopest hats, the flyest shirts. What other 90s term I can utilize, doesn't matter. This is it. Allegianceclothing.com. Use the code PUNCH, 15% off. Yeah, Absolutely. Went to the beach last weekend. Well, this weekend it just passed, Trey. And you know me, I'm not a big ocean guy. Despite the fact that I live near the ocean, I don't necessarily like the ocean. I'm pretty much scared of everything that lives within the ocean. Right. Um, I am a land mammal through and through. I'm shaped like a land mammal. I'm haired like a land mammal. I'm just, my people are not meant to be in the water, right? This is not where my people reside. Right. Uh, I come from a mountainous people, yeah. right? So that's not really where we get down is in the water. But yeah. the family... The family loves the beach. Um, the family all looks like Southern California people. They're all super tall and blonde hairs and curls, and they're all you know. You would never you, you would never assume that they're mine. You know right, that it's right. my 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 brood. For sure. Um, but 
anyway, I wore my Allegiance trucker hat in the water because, you know, I got a little, I'm a little thin up at the top, you know, I didn't I was trying not to get the sunburn going on. Yeah. And uh, so I wore my hat even while I was hanging out with the kids, you know, splashing in the waves and whatnot. And I did not get attacked by a single thing while I was in the water. You're just saying there's some type of repellent going on in this hat. I'm just saying because I had that fly-ass American hat on, that veteran-owned and operated company, that don't fucking tread on me hat, mm. sharks stayed away from me because they knew what was up. They knew that they would get a Chuck Norris-style freaking patriotic karate chop right to their gill, Fuck and I'd yeah. knock out all 17 fucking rows of their teeth if they mess with me while I had my allegiance hat on. Now, I took it off. It was like Captain America putting the shield down. I didn't feel like as much of a, of a patriotic American, so I just slapped that bad boy back on. Dude, sometimes I wear Allegiance clothing just so that people think I'm packing. Fun fact, though, your boys never even shot a gun. Ha! Wow, please don't say that out loud. I did say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. One of these days, we'll get you out to a range, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, just, we'll go ahead and get that freedom boner at full mast. Dude, coconut four locos and guns. That's what I'm That's talking right. about. Let's see. Then we've already planned our next vacation. <laughs> it's done. Let's do a punch list MMA retreat uh, next <laughs> July for the big card. Us, anybody else that listens to the punch list that wants to come out, we'll all rent a cabin. We'll get a, we'll do a range. We'll hammer four locos, shoot a bunch of guns, and bet huge on fights. For sure. We're easily going to get this sanction or sponsored by some company. Well, of course, you know State Classy Meat's going to fly Lewis out. He'll cook for us the whole time, right? By then, we'll have an alcohol sponsor. Everybody will get dope-ass punch list MMA shirts provided by Allegiance. Dude, and then, I mean, we'll CBD it up. We'll do, we'll do everything. Everybody will come out there. Everybody's balls will be cleanly shaved. We'll get lawnmower 3.0s for everybody. It'll be sick, man. Nice, dude. I love it. Well, here's one thing is I'm not going to fly people out on my dime. Let's put some money in these guys' banks so they can come out, visit us, shotgun some beers, and shoot some guns. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not paying for shit. You guys are going to have to pay for that. I thought that was a given. No, no. You have to tell the listeners that for sure. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Let's carve into this main card while we can. Uh, Speaking of quick turnaround or shotguns, if you will, Kazmat Kamiv making a super quick turnaround. was like 18 days coming back and fighting Reese McKee, 10 and 2. Kamiv at 7 and 0. The minus 1,000 favorite here, Trey. Uh, Foregone conclusion. That they're just feeding this guy somebody else so they can say that he's 2-0 in the UFC. So that way his next fight is a big fight. Only hesitance in this one here is this one's going to be at welterweight. First time we saw him was at middleweight. But he says welterweight is his more natural weight class. Yeah. So Ryan McKee, this is supposed to be the next, like, you know, Irish big star, right? This is supposed to be the guy that, you know, McGregor's not here anymore. We just saw Joe Duffy retire. This is the guy that's supposed to cement himself with the green and orange. But... In Shamiv, what you got here is you got a guy that makes fights ugly. He's a guy that utilizes his wrestling, his grappling. He's not boring with his wrestling and grappling. He's not like that guy that just lays and prays. He does damage with his elbows. This guy is super, super violent. So I love Shamiv in this fight. I think Dana loves this guy. Obviously, that's why he wanted to kind of keep this fight going, keep this guy in the mix. Um, I really like this guy, and I like him it to get done in a pretty devastating fashion. Yeah, listen, I... I... I'm with you, man. I just, I, this is a rough fight for McKee, especially because he's coming in on, you know, somewhat short notice here and he's taking on another killer. This is just a rough spot, man. Yeah. Uh, I will say this uh, where, you know, consolation points can be rewarded. The guy's nickname is Skeletor. Really hard to do better than Skeletor. 
absolutely fantastic nickname. Uh, mm-hmm. Six foot one, definitely a big dude. But man, what a rough debut in the UFC uh, coming up against a guy that looked like an absolute killer. My only concern with uh, this Kamiv guy is I don't want him to give him too much too soon. You know, we don't want another Johnny Walker style situation on our hands. Let him get this other W right here and then let the guy take some time off. We don't need to continue feed him fight after fight after fight. There's just no need for it. But let's move on, man. Alex yeah. Oliveira, the Cowboy himself, coming back, taking on Peter Sabata. Cowboy Oliveira, 21 and 8. Peter Sabata, 17 and 6. Oliveira, slight favorite here, Trey, believe it or not. Um, you know, definitely going to be an interesting fight. Minus 170 coming back on Peter Sabata. Plus 140 over under on rounds is at two and a half for guys that have a penchant for finishing fights. Yeah, so we all know that Oliveira snapped a three-game losing streak before he fought our boy, friend of the show, Max Payne, won a split decision victory over him. Now we've got him coming off a win. We have the confidence behind Oliveira and a guy that's freakishly durable. For those that are not that invested in MMA and don't know who Oliver is, this guy was a construction worker. He he used to ride bulls. He's the definition of a true cowboy outside of the cowboy um, in, in UFC. I think Sabat is a tough task, but he's not one that's going to be able to come in and find a rhythm right away. The guy hasn't fought in more than two years. Ring rest is a real thing. Regardless of what any other fighter says, it's a real thing. So I think Sabata coming in while he's dangerous on the ground, he's a BJJ black belt. Oliveira is a tough-nosed dude who's going to stand and has a great fight IQ and who has been consistent. Oliveira once blown up by a grenade before. That is not true. That is true. That is true. That is true. There was like a robbery in Brazil and somebody threw a grenade. All right, so I'm going to ask you this then. Who's the true cowboy? Is it Charles Oliveira? Or is it Cowboy Cowboy? Honestly, yeah, I think I think I think for you know if in the truest definition of a cowboy, I don't think it's either one of them. Oh shit. I, I think it's Aaron Pico. Oh what? I think it's Aaron Pico. Have you ever seen Aaron Pico on a horse? I I have, but I've also seen him hang out in Costa Mesa at the Ruka gym off like fancied up in his dry fit material and gear dude he's not wearing he's not wearing a you know a wife beater that's got some barbecue sauce on it and just building a ranch no, well not then not, not right then of course you say the same thing about cowboy you say the same thing about cowboy where he comes and he's got a little, a little tie on and his hat with the feather in it and all that other shit you talking about horsemanship <laughs> are you want to talk about straight horsemanship aaron pico i'm, I'm just going i'm just going with that now you want to talk about like I guess you would say the embodiment of a cowboy lifestyle, like a John Wayne style toilet paper, rough and tough and doesn't take yeah. shit off anything. Um, I think I'd go Cowboy Oliveira, man. I think I'd go that too. I like I that. Think, I think I would. Just, I don't know why. I mean, listen, something tells me getting blown up by a grenade, being baller enough to get the word cowboy tattooed on you. Um, yeah, I just I, I give it to him. He looks like leather too. He looks like a saddle. He looks like no. a saddle of a human being. Now, when you go hang out with Donald and Cowboy Cerrone, you're going over to his ranch, which is straight up Disneyland. First, when you go to Cowboy Cerrone, you're going to like or I'm sorry, when you go to Charles Oliveira, you're going to like the lakeside rodeo. This guy's as true as it comes, and he's got a true test in Sabata coming up here. So, where are your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen with Oliveira coming off that split decision win? Is he going to carry that momentum? 
I think he is. I, listen, I like Peter Sabata. I like his. I like the way he's willing to stand in there and bang. I like this fight. And normally, a fight like this, I would be really into the the under two and a half, especially being at a plus one hundred right now. I really would normally go into that. But what we've seen out of Alex Oliveira like recently has been decisions. Um, his penchant for finishing fights has sort of waxed and waned. Um, you know, went high tide, low tide, if you will. I'm not overly confident in him being able to get Peter Sabata out of there, nor am I confident in Sabata in being able to knock out a highly durable guy like Alex Oliveira. It's hard enough in a fight like this to pick a winner because this is such an evenly matched fight, despite the fact that Peter Sabata has been out for two years. This is very, very good matchmaking by the UFC. This has potential for fight of the night all over it. If you are a DraftKings user, either one of these guys are going to score you some points come Saturday night. Um, I'll just go with Alex Oliveira just because, you know, activity, level of competition. He's just he's just been the more active guy, man. I will say this. I don't like Brazilians fighting on Fight Island. Right. I have not really enjoyed the Brazilian uh, success rate, if you will, on Fight Island. I would not be opposed to staying away from this fight. But people listen to the show because they want us to pick winners. I'm going to pick Alex Oliveira. Yep, I agree. No, the Brazilian fan base has just been decimated on Fight Island, but yeah. this is one that I do have a little bit of confidence in. Davison Figueredo excluded from that. Obviously, we realize that he just murdered yes. Joey B. We get that, um, yes. but Rest still, RIP, RIP Joey B. All right, next <laughs> fight: uh, Gazmarad Antagulov taking on Paul Craig. Antagulov is at twenty and six. Uh, Trey Paul Craig at twelve and four. Antagulov here, uh, you know, despite back-to-back losses, both of which were by TKO, is at a minus 105, just ever so slightly underdog uh, against Paul Craig here. Uh, and a Paul Craig that I'm, I, you know, I'm sure he's fun to talk to, but just not sure how he's going to get this fight done. 12 and 4, minus 125 favorite Paul Craig. Yeah, I don't. I think that line's going to get a little bit deeper for Antigulov. Um, this guy's entering the fight in twenty and six. He's won seventy five percent of his fights by submission. The guy is gnarly off his back. Um, when you look at Paul Craig, Paul Craig's the the queen. I almost said queen. He's the king. He's the king of split decisions. We saw it in his last fight against uh, against Hua that you know clearly Hua won that fight. I don't know how he, he got the the favor in that. Really, but, you think know, Hua won that? Oh, I do. You don't think uh, so? No, I thought Craig won it easy. No. Yeah, no, man. Ooh, you're controversial. The plot, thickens. the plot thickens. Wow. Okay, well, you know, while Paul Craig is not to the level, I don't believe, from a BJJ perspective, the Antigulov is, he does have 11 of his 12 victories via submission. So he's he's a he's a tough guy, um, but he's just not one that – I don't think he's going to get Antigulov down to the canvas, and nor do I think when he's down on the canvas he's going to have the – the mental fortitude to get the points, lay lay on top, hold pressure, you know, get in there, get out. I think Antigulov's got the uh, the upper hand here. I I will time and time again go with a superior wrestler over a superior submission guy. I, I know that that strikes a nerve with the BJJ community. Mm. However, I will always take an elite wrestler over an elite BJJ guy. I'm not saying that Antigulov is an elite wrestler. I'm not saying that. Nor am I saying that Paul Craig is an elite B- BJJ guy. I'm just really sort of banking on <laughs> Antigulov being able to, you know, 
make Paul Craig look like the Paul Craig we've always seen, uh, one that gasses out really early and gets into really ugly, sloppy fights um, and ultimately gets that finished. Over and around, surprisingly, for this one, Trey, is at one and a half, which I think is interesting considering these guys like to go to decision or get late finishes, if any finish at all. So interesting little tidbit there. All right, let's keep things moving right along. Women's MMA, not touching this fight with a 10-foot pole, but you have some thoughts on it, even though I disagree with them. Marina Rodriguez at 12-0, and 0, taking on Carla the Cookie Monster Esparza at 16-6, and 6, former strawweight champ of the UFC. Uh, Carla Esparza, you know, was just about, about as wrestle heavy as possible, but she seems to be, you know, at least getting a little bit more comfortable with her hands. Um, possibly a fatal mistake if she's going in there with Marina Rodriguez. What do you think here, Trey? Well, I love how you're not touching it with a 10 foot pole. I want to kick the fucking pole and hug this fight. I know who's <laughs> going to win this fight. Carla Esparza. She has won three fights in a row. And, you know, you and I have gone to this debate before. Yes, she is wrestle heavy. Yes, she's a superior wrestler. Dude, she has striking. No. She just beat no. Michelle Waterson by striking the karate hottie by striking. It was and you tell me she doesn't it. have striking? She did not outstrike Michelle Waterson. She wrestled her to death. No, 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 dude. She outstruck the shit out of her. You're full of shit. You're so I'm not. Full. I'm Listen. not. And then for you to text me today and say that Marina Rodriguez has this aura that she's the next Ioannogen J-Trick. Like, how many Four Locos have you had today? I need to know. Listen, I'm telling you. First of all, one of the two things you're not you're not really divulging here that you should is two out of those three wins. One was a majority decision, which means that somebody had it listed as a draw. That was her fight against Alexa Grosso, and then the split decision that she won. Somebody had it 30-27 for Michelle Waterson. Somebody had it 30-27 for Carlos Barza. We need to get the record straight here. These were not decisive wins, right? The decisive win came against Verna Jandaroba. It was, and she should be beating. She should be beating Verna Jandaroba. That's the fight that Carlos Barza should be winning, right? Uh, but Tatiana Suarez got slept. Claudia Gadelia lost the decision. Um, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, this is a bad fight for her. I this, can she win it? Maybe, maybe. But dude, it, for the sake of your pocketbook, do not touch this fight. Marina Rodriguez, who was her last fight against? Oh, Marina Rodriguez. Who was that chick she pieced up? She pieced up somebody. I, I can't remember her name. I was hoping you had her on the tip of your tongue. All no. I remember is she got taken down three times. She lost, she lost them to Cynthia Calvillo. Of course she's going to get taken down. And even that, it was a majority draw. It was a more majority draw. That means two judges had it at a draw. One had it for Cynthia Calvillo. Lost a majority draw. Come on, bro. And outstruck. Oh my, she did not get outstruck by her. Yeah, she did. No, Sparza by decision. Non-official play, but Sparza by decision. All right, whatever. We're going to keep this thing moving, man. Let's get into the co-main event of the evening. The trilogy. No, it's not co-main event. I'm sorry. We got one more. Oh, they're throwing, they're throwing me off with all these all these fights on this. It's great. There's seven fights on the main card. Awesome. Alexander Gustafson making his heavyweight debut, 18-6, and six, taking on Fabricio. Verdum at 23 and 9. Alexander Gustafson threw his gloves down on the octagon floor once uh, once before. Will he do it once more after catching this L from Fabricio on Saturday night? Before I give my take on this, I want to I want you to kind of start off by saying what was Dana White's infamous line about retirement again? If you are even thinking about retirement, 
you should go ahead and do it. This is not the game for people that are half half in and half out. So this one is, it seems to me though, if you are half in, half out, it's the perfect fight for Gustafsson. I think what we saw, we didn't see a Verdum we've seen over the past 10 years in his last fight. We saw an extremely out of shape, sucking wind, post-USADA type Verdum. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him get pushed up against the cage, his belly came up and he said, fuck USADA under his belly. Because he has literally eroded since USADA came into the, came into the game. Gustafsson, he's only been out for a year. His last fight was June of last year. So it's not like he's coming off this crazy retirement, you know, long length. He's been in camp. He's been training. And to go against someone that is not going to move and not have that much variety in comparison to Gustafsson on, on the feet, this suits him really, really well to enter into the waters of the heavyweight division. It's a very interesting take. Um, I don't know how I don't know how much I like it to be honest with you. I understand the logic behind it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Alexander's been walking around media row all week saying that he pieced up Verdun when they've sparred before that it was not competitive. Um, and we've seen that that's really played you know that's really paid dividends in fights. Guys that have gotten the better in sparring, it's very hard to transition that over into the fight and reverse fortunes in that regard. If that's true. But let's not forget Fabrizio, Fabrizio Verdum, again, pre-USADA, was heavyweight champ of the world. Let's not forget that he's a world champion BJJ practitioner. Let's not forget that Fabrizio Verdum has been fighting the best men on the planet Earth in the biggest division, the biggest as far as size goes, not depth, division, <laughs> um, for probably the last 10, 15 years. Right. Alexander Gustafsson, has a real task in front of him. Like, it's a very real challenge in front of him. And Verdum is at plus 270. I don't hate that line. Should Gustafson win this fight? Absolutely. He absolutely should. But things that are working against him is he's not faced the level of competition at heavyweight that Verdum has. He's been out for over a year, and he's thinking about retirement. And you know what else he's thinking about? That new baby at the house. New babies make fighters soft. He's got a new. He's got new babies. He's got that new. I don't know if I'm retired. I don't know if I'm going to make a run at heavyweight one, one foot. I maybe I need a paycheck kind of deal. And he's going up against a guy that's a former champ. Did Verdum look like warmed up dog shit against Alexi Olenek? He absolutely did. His body looked like a catcher's mitt. It's been laying out in the sun. He looked awful. He looked awful against Alexi Olenek. But. Do you think that he used that performance to make the requisite changes and adjustments and come back? Does yeah. he know that he has a Swedish warrior in front of him, Alexander Gustafsson? He absolutely does. He absolutely does. Now, keep in mind that earlier on in the night, we've got Mike Grundy, um, who's taking on, um, what's his face? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Mozar Evliov. And if I'm not mistaken, Grundy and Gustafsson are teammates. So yeah. I think I think Evliov is going to win that prelim fight. We already know the domino effect. I'm just saying I don't want to necessarily put an official play on this one, Trey. We spent a lot of time here for not putting an official play on it. I'm just saying if somebody wanted to take Verdum at plus 270, get a pretty decent hit, and shoot your boy a little money on Venmo, I would not be mad at that. No, no, no. Um, I know I kicked the 10-foot pole away during the Esparza fight, but I'll go grab that pole and I'll take – I'll be 10 feet away from this fight. Yeah, I, know, I have no desire. Um, and on the other end of the 10-foot pole, we're going to put the co-main event. we got Mauricio Shogun, who are taking on yeah. Little Nog. Uh, the third time these two have fought, uh, it's amazing that both these guys are still in the game. 
Mauricio Shogun, who at 26 and 11, Little Nog at 20, 23 and 9, Antonio Ruggiero and Nogueira, 23 and 9. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you, Trey. I wasn't really sure what to make of this fight. I, don't, I really feel like this could be a retirement fight for either one of these guys. The problem with that is, is the winner is most likely going to stay around for one more fight. Little Nog plus 155, Shogun minus 190. Is this fight worth touching or is it? A, I, I think it's dead even despite the odds. I think it's dead even. That's why I actually think for uh, Little Nog, who is a guy that has the most ebb and flow of all time from a KO to two does KOs. I mean, Ryan Spann, the last fight, you know, in the first round, May of two, 2019, gets knocked out. Before that, Sam Alvey, September 2018, knocked Sam Alvey out. This guy is a killer be killed. Who uh, can kind of go the distance with these fights? I think these guys have a ton of miles on them. They're exhausted. They're older. This is unique times in quarantine. They'll be on Fight Island. You know, we've seen a lot of fights go the distance on Fight Island. I think this is gonna this is gonna go to decision. But I don't want to touch it because who knows what type of shape you know. And plus, Nagero, who's fought this is the third time fighting him. If you're fighting a guy the third time, there's something in the back of your head that says, "I know where the vulnerabilities lie." Who has come in? He's done it, done it twice. But is it really? It's tough to beat a guy twice. Is it? How hard is it to beat a guy three times? Yeah, I'll say this: the over/under on rounds is at one and a half, and there's a reason for that because both of these dudes are old, both of these dudes are tired. Um, everybody's expecting the quick hit and turtle shell up, as we see older guys do. They get hit and they go, "You know what? I don't have one more war left in me. It's a wrap." Um, if you're gonna make a play. Yeah, I'll say if you're going to make a play here, the over one and a half is not a bad, um, not a bad play there. Uh, my that. concern is that little Nog going to sleep early, but we'll see. All right, main event of the evening: Robert the Reaper, aka Bobby Knuckles Whitaker, taking on Darren the Gorilla Till. Trey, a fight that has been a long time in the making. This is about as fan-friendly of a fight as you're ever going to find. And the fact this is taking place in an empty arena at, like, Fight Island super pisses me off because this is the type of fight you want a crowd for. It would be deafening. Fan favorites going at it. Title shot possibly on the line for the winner. Whoever does this, if they do so in emphatic fashion, can skip Jack Hermanson for the next title shot. Robert Whitaker at 20 and five, Darren Till at 18 and two. Dude, I love this fight. I love it. I love it. I am going to miss the fans all screaming, Sweet Carolina. As Darren Till, the gorilla, starts to walk into the cage. It's going to be a bummer. This was a fan favorite fight, but, you know, still from the luxury of our own couches, we're going to see this thing go down. And we're going to see a guy in Robert Whitaker who never utilizes his amazing wrestling and just wants to strike all day. Same thing with Darren Till, but he comes from a Muay Thai background. So that's where his bread and butter is, and that's where it needs to be. That's where this fight's going to stay. It's going to stay in the octagon. The question is, Dale, you told me about blitzing. What's the blitzing piece here? Well, I think that, I think where you run into issues is, is that if you've got both of these guys fight to each other's weakness, right? Uh, Robert Whitaker does this, this sort of sit back, sit back, and then blitz forward style approach to engagements, right? Um, and that those blitzes are what uh, Adesanya was able to negate, right? He knew the blitzes were coming, right? Which also, which made him so effective. Uh, you know, most people criticize him from running away from uh, Yoel Romero, but Romero fought the same way. Him and Robert Whitaker both have this very 
lazy, try to draw you in and then blitz style approach. You know, uh, Whitaker admittedly is a little bit better with his jab, a little bit better with his leg kicks. Uh, but still, it's this very blitz-heavy approach. Now, if you look at Darren Till, that is the style that he struggled with, right? Yeah. Um, Tyron Woodley was able to blitz him, hit him with that left hand, get him down on the ground, hit some elbows, and then ultimately got that choke in. Uh, if you look at the Jorge Masvidal fight, he was able to hit that little quick little shuffle step and then hit him and knock him clean out. Uh, the flip side of that, if you look at Robert Whitaker, his last two losses have come against decorated disciplined kickboxers Israel Adesanya with the knockout and then before that you got to go way back and you got to look at when he fought Wonderboy and Wonderboy got it done as well disciplined kickboxers give Robert Whitaker fits because their footwork and their counter-striking is enough to negate the blitz but with Darren Till he struggles in the blitz because he keeps his chin so fucking high in the air it's James Vick style the way he keeps that chin up now <laughs> What are we going to see here? Are we going to see Darren Till be able to reel it in for 25 minutes, stay disciplined enough, and possibly win a decision or knock Robert Whitaker out? Or are we going to see Bobby Knox do what he does, utilize that jab, get in there, blitz Till, and completely separate him from consciousness? Well, I think we saw Till be a little bit more poised, and you can look back to the Gastelum fight. That's a fight. Gaslam, you could say he's a blitzer as well. He's a small guy. He needs to stand in the pocket, needs to throw heavy. You know, Till knew that he could be vulnerable there. So what did he do instead? He outpointed Gaslam. He utilized his reach. He utilized his, his strength, you know, kind of got in there, got his points and got out. He didn't go toe to toe and do a firefight. I think he's his fight IQ has gone up exponentially. I think that we've seen a new Darren Till coming from welterweight up to middleweight. This is kind of where his division lies. And he's beefed up, dude. He's on the fish and chips. He's ready to go. So are we going to go Darren Till here? I want to make this the most official play we've ever made on the entire show. So official, it's official, bro. It's officially official? Officially official. It's officially official. We're going Darren Till over Robert Whitaker. Yep. Boom. Welcome to the Thunderdome. And spring became the oh, dude louder dude i'm telling you i'm feeling darren till walking out right now they'll play it nobody will be there it'll yeah. just be us we'll just be standing up everybody all yeah. of england hands up yeah watching them oh that's right we're touching me oh and yeah. then we're gonna touch you yeah that's it that's what we're gonna do right and yeah. then everybody ready Sweet Caroline. That's it. Yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna be standing though. I think they're gonna be in the gorilla three-point stance because they're ready just to fucking charge, dude. <laughs> I think that's exactly it. All right, so we're gonna lock in there until there. Uh, so main card plays, Trey. Let's run through these real quick. Uh, you know, Kazmat Kimiev. Uh, obviously, we're just gonna go ahead. And, I mean. Minus 1,000. Sure, he's going to win. Go ahead and make that 1-0. Uh, Alex Oliveira over Peter Sabata in what should be a pick em fight as we get closer. Alex Oliveira uh, taking him there. Antigulov over Paul Craig. Uh, you you love Carlos Barza. I hate that fight. Alexander Gustin, Fabricio Verdum. I love Verdum. You hate that fight. Antonio Rodrigo Nakara versus taking on uh, Shogun Hua. We both kind of fell in love with the over there on one and a half, but... We might just avoid it. Oh, not wanna, official. Not do official. Wanna, do you want to play one and a half? Do you want to go over one and a half? 
Yes, I do. Uh, also dangerously. And then <laughs> Darren Till. Darren the Gorilla Till going to get the upset win over Robert the Reaper, a.k.a. Bobby Knox Whitaker. All right, Trey, speaking of gorillas, did you know that gorillas have surprisingly small wieners? Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty much what I, you go to the zoo to see, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? It's actually an average size wiener. They just don't shave because they have no access to Manscaped, and they don't understand that if you just trim it up, it makes it look bigger. God, dude, it's simple. It's the ABCs. It's the ABCs. If we could just get gorillas, if we can teach a gorilla to, to use sign language, we should be able to teach a gorilla how to trim its pubes so that way the package looks bigger, so the females want to mate more, so that way gorillas aren't endangered anymore. I'm solving the world's problems tonight, Trey. You're not. You're not. We would never not. give them – no, we would never give them our code PUNCH, which will get you 20% off and free shipping on manscaping.com because if they get bigger dicks and they mate more, we're going to become Planet of the Apes. And what? Now you're, there goes the human race? Dude, what are you doing? All right. Well, maybe we won't give them our, our – our, our code then i thought i was on to something no, damn it no dude come on we have to believe believe in humanity but if you want to believe in your own penis <laughs> you need to use the code punch at manscape.com that's going to get you 20 percent off and free shipping punch at manscape.com absolutely all right trey i want to do something we don't ever normally do i want to run through the prelims real quick and just provide money line winners for all these real quick just go Just for it. Boom, 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 boom. Rapid fire, right? Let it roll. John Castanada, 17-4, taking on Nathaniel Woods, 16-4. I like Nathaniel Wood. Mm -hmm. Ramazan Amiv taking on Nicholas Stolze. I like Ramazan Amiv at 18-4. Betch Kohea versus Panny Kinzad. You know who Betch Kohea looks like? The pit bull. She does look like a pit bull. Betch Kohea is like that Applebee's waitress that after you're like seven vodka lemonades deep, kind of like you're like, oh, what's up? What's <laughs> yeah. up? But then the next time you go, it's not vodka lemonade for $1 a night. And you look at her and you're like, oh, man, nah, this ain't it, dude. This ain't <laughs> no, it. No. Panny Kinzade getting it done against Betchkehaya. Tanner Bozer, 18-6, quick turnaround after the Philippe Lins win, taking on Rafael Pessoa uh, at 10-1. and one. I'm taking Tanner Bozer, man. I like him. He's thin. He's fast. And he's got the, the Mississippi mud flap in the back, which I can dig. Mavzar Evlyov taking on Mike Grundy. This is a fight that I wish was on the main card because it's two wrestlers that love to submit people. Evliov is at 12-0, Mike Grundy at 12-1. Evliov has a penchant for the decision, Grundy a penchant for the finish by submission, but I like Evliov to get the upset here. Evliov outright. Uh, Tom Espinall taking on Jake Collier, 7-2. Collier at 11-4. Could not pay me to touch this fight, but I'm going to take Espinall just for the sake of taking it. Uh, Nicholas Dalby at 18 and three, Jesse Ronson at 21 and 10 wealth of experience for Jesse Ronson, but I love Nicholas Dalby in this fight. Potential fight of the night right there. Nicholas Dalby is never in a boring fight. Again, if you're a DraftKings guy, Nicholas Dalby's where it, where it's at here. And then lastly, feature prelim, Ja Herbert taking on Francisco Trinaldo, Trinaldo at 25 and seven, Ja Herbert at 10 and one. Personally, I wouldn't touch this fight either, but I like the tractor himself. No, he's not the tractor. Who's who's the tractor? That's Michael Perea. What's Francesco Trinaldo? What's his, what's his shit translate to? Do you know? <laughs> Dude, no. I, I have a slight handle on the English language. How do Masa, you? What's Masaranduba? That's uh, is that Anaconda? I don't know what Masaranduba is. Um, anyway, don't, don't you speak gibberish to me? 
Listen, I'm I'm learning Portuguese for Amanda Hebus. We already went over this. I know, I know. She's gone. She's back in the states. We're good. It doesn't matter. I'm learning Portuguese. We will get Amanda Hebus on the show, and you will hear the most fluent Portuguese conversation between a guy that doesn't speak Portuguese and a chick that speaks fluent Portuguese you've ever heard in your entire life. What am I supposed to do? You're supposed to hang out and just <laughs> smile. Just sit there and shut up. <laughs> sit there and you shut up and you let me speak Portuguese to Amanda Hebus. That's what you do. Okay, I'm I'm down as long as she's on. That's cool. All right, let's tie a bow on this thing. Did you got anything else for the people? Guys, follow us on all social channels. Uh, Punchlist MMA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mostly Instagram. Just go to Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Punchlist MMA. I don't deal with that Twitter crap. Um, Facebook, you were on it, but you know, Instagram's where it's at. Also, if you can, if you're listening to this on Apple, please go and give us a five star review. Uh, we're always giving out beer money for a great review. And honestly, we just want to know. What the people think. True. Um, the Holly Holm, Irene, Ildana, or Aldana card, August 1st. We're going to do beer money for that. Because yeah. uh, that card's atrocious. You'll want to be drunk while you watch it. <laughs> We're going to do beer money for that. So you got between now and when we record next week to leave a five-star review. If you've already left a five-star review, not a problem. You're automatically entered to win. If you have not, go ahead and do it. If you can't leave an Apple review, just shoot us a DM on 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 IG and say, hey, guys, I, I, I only listen on Spotify. I can't do anything about it. So, And then we'll, we'll go from there. You're automatically included. We've got a running tally. We're randomly picking numbers. We get new winners every time. Um, it's perfect, man. It's absolutely perfect. Next week, not this week, but next week, we're going to do another one. Yeah. Just, yeah, shoot us a DM. Tell us how we're doing. I need a pat on the back every once in a while, bro. There you go. That's all I'll I'm pat you. Do. I'll pat you virtually. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's put a bow on this thing. All right. Guys, thank you so much. Um, again, punch us MMA on all social channels. Dale, any, any final words, brother? I, I always just tell people to be good to each other, but you're driving this time, so it's up to you. Uh, dude, shave your undercarriage and live your life. There you go. That's how I'm going to end it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.